0: Hello and welcome to Fusion Patrol. In April of 2020, as the COVID-19 pandemic was just in its its infancy, we recorded some live-streamed YouTube special episodes with the ultimate intent for them to be used as audio podcasts in the far-flung future. Welcome to the far-flung future. And I'm going to cut it over to the live Footage here in just a moment, but I just wanted to point out that we were using a completely different recording medium at the time, and the quality is not always up to the standard we try to achieve. So, on with the show. You're listening to Fusion Patrol a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, and welcome to a live episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. Hi, I'm John.
1: I'm totally live, honest.
0: (laughs) We are we are totally live, and my dogs are running in and out of the house already. I and scared my cats them.
1: are going to start yodeling, I'm sure.
0: I think I scared them out. That's good. Uh, hello, welcome everybody. It's live. We already have one person on live arm tube view. Hello. Um, so yeah, we're going to be most apologies. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be looking at the classic 1957 film. The Black Scorpion, the last film by Willis O'Brien, the special effects genius who brought you King Kong. Although I understand his, uh, like an assistant, actually kind of did all the fiddly work, but it was under his direction. So uh, let's get started. I'm going to be reading our synopsis. In the year 1957, in Mexico, a volcano forms near the small village of San Lorenzo and grows to 9,000 feet in just a few days. The earthquakes and lava are devastating to the remote area. U.S. geologist Dr. Hank Scott and Mexican geologist Dr. Ramos head to the remote area to investigate. Along the way, they encounter a telephone repair crew working to restore the phone lines into the area. Days have gone by since the eruptions, and no one has heard from the town or knows how bad the situation is there. That night, as they approach the village, they hear strange noises as their jeep overheats. They stop at a nearby farmhouse and find no one there, buildings destroyed and a police cruiser that has been demolished. They also find food on the stove and an abandoned baby. Before they leave, they discover the missing policeman, dead, with a look of horror on his face and his gun emptied. In the village, they meet Father Delgado, the local man of God. He puts them up for the night. The village has been badly damaged, but now they suffer from another problem. At first, villagers were going missing, but soon they started to find them dead, with that same look of horror on their faces. The next day, the army has arrived to help with the relief efforts, and the geologists head to the volcano. Along the way, they meet Teresa Alvarez, patron of a nearby ranch. Her vaqueros have all run away, afraid of a demon bull, they think, is killing the cattle. Dr. Ramos makes a discovery of an interesting piece of obsidian, which he collects. In the village, they meet the local scientist who is doing autopsies on the victims. He's found a strange poison that he sent back to Mexico City for analysis. That night, they've transferred their accommodations to the Alvarez Ranch, and Dr. Scott starts getting amorous with Miss Alvarez. Ever the wet blanket, Dr. Ramos interrupts him. He's discovered a scorpion, trapped in the obsidian. He cracks it open, and to their surprise, the scorpion is still alive. Later that night, giant scorpions attack. First, the telephone workers who just finished reconnecting the lines, and then they overrun the ranch, frightening Juanito, a young servant boy who lives there. They escape to the village. The next day, Dr. Velasco, famed entomologist, has arrived from Mexico City. He has identified the scorpions as an extinct species of Triassic scorpions. He, the geologists, and the army proceed to the area they think the attack originated from, and the two geologists, along with a stowaway Juanito, descend into a massive fissure, hoping to gas the scorpions. They encounter many of the scorpions, plus worms and spiders, and barely escape with their lives. The army blow up the fissure, entombing the scorpions forever. Dr. Scott and Miss Alvarez start making their long-term plans for the future. The end. Oh, nope. The next day, back in San Lorenzo, Dr. Scott gets a call from Dr. Valesco. It's a terrible bother, but could you pop down to Mexico City and give a report? It's, it's, it's for our friends down south. We'll even send a plane. Scott and Ramos, with Alvarez tagging along, fly to Mexico City. The geologists are let in on a secret. We didn't call you back because of a friend from the south. The Mexican government wants you here. Turns out we didn't kill the scorpions, and they might even be close to Mexico City. But you've got to keep this top secret. We wouldn't want a panic. But a panic they get when the scorpions derail a train and eat the passengers. Some good news comes from this. The biggest, meanest, blackest scorpion of them all kills all the other scorpions and heads for Mexico City, where Dr. Valesco has concocted a weapon that will hopefully kill it. Lured to a stadium with a meat wagon, a battle with the army ensues. And Dr. Scott steps up to land the final blow with a secret weapon, an electrified harpoon. There's still paperwork to be done, but that can wait. There's a pretty little senorita waiting for him. The end. For real this time. Uh, Presumably until The Black Scorpion 2. Right, I've been waiting for that. So, this is a film I have never seen in my entire life. Um, Nope. I haven't either. What what did you think of uh The Black Scorpion from 1957?
1: Well, I thought the uh the special effects of the scorpions uh as they were moving and picking up people and eating people and pulling people out of trains and just generally, you know, running amok. As long as they weren't in the city, it was pretty good. I mean, yeah. really really top-notch stop action. Uh the print was a fantastic transfer. It was. Uh, the blacks kept up. Uh, You know, nothing was lost really Uh, highlights weren't blown out very crisp, very impressed with the technical aspects of that story, yeah, not going to talk about that (laughs) and uh, yeah it's one of those, as you said in your synopsis you know, the end, or is it? yeah, Yeah. it's like, well we have two great ideas we're going to just jam them together by just taking half a script and just you know, sticking on top of the other one and let's shoot this Oh well. My kids weren't,
0: weren't really uh, watching, uh, as usual, uh, but James was uh, in the room eating when mm-hmm. they blew up the Fisher, and they all came <laughs> out, and suddenly the music starts to swirl and the romantic ending, and, the, and you're like... And he goes, that was it? That was the end? And I'm like, I honestly don't know, but it sure feels like the end yeah. of the film. And then... Suddenly, it's—I don't know. Time doesn't make sense. I, I'm gonna—I'm gonna confess. I actually quite enjoyed the film for the most part. There were bits of it that dragged on a little bit, but I actually—I yeah. was actually like, okay, you know, if—if if, I genuinely enjoyed something that I just could kind of turn off the brain, I think they've—they've they've went just far enough that I can't sit there and go, well, you know, Triassic. Scorpions wouldn't be that big, and oh, yeah. and then get into the whole. And they wouldn't really be Triassic scorpions that they'd be looking at. It would be uh, Triassic's the first phase of the of the Mesozoic, and they would be more Paleozoic, uh, and, and and just and then lose it because they're just so utterly ridiculous. They're in the King Kong, you know. They're in the King Kong Godzilla scope. They're just yeah. so big that you just look at it and you can't go. You know, no creature yep, could do yeah, that. Big scorpion, huh? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. You just so, the,
1: take it for granted.
0: I, I was, I was genuinely surprised. I, I was even more surprised when I found out after watching it that this was actually one of the shows that has been ripped up by Mystery Science Theater, and uh, apparently they uh, didn't like it.
1: Um, I don't know if that's rare or not, but that's pretty impressive. I'm shocked.
0: (laughs) I'm shocked. I I thought this was definitely uh, in in the category of. However, if you think about it, it kind of is King Kong. The heroes go to a remote place. They encounter a giant thing. They subdue it. Then they return to the big city. And it turns out they didn't subdue it. And it goes on a rampage in town.
1: Yeah, Except they didn't, like, actively try taking it back with correct.
0: them. Correct, correct. It's not, it's not a yeah. perfect match, but, I mean, it's still narratively, it's kind of the same structure. Yeah,
1: I guess. And yeah, the scorpion didn't grab the woman and run off with her up a mountain or something like that.
0: Yes. Okay. So we will talk about picks. What the heck were the scorpions doing to people? I, uh,
1: uh, picking them up, pulling them apart, perhaps, or... I think they were stinging them right in the back of the neck. I think that was it, because that's where the scorpions naturally know where to attack other scorpions. And they probably just saw us as really small scorpions that need to be
0: stung. Okay. So the first place we encounter, the farm, Mm -hmm. has missing people. Yes. And we're told that other people have gone missing, which Mm -hmm. we presume the scorpions are hauling them off. We're also told the scorpions, like, Probably are eating them. Yeah. Why didn't it eat the cop? I. Why were the dead bodies bloodless? And and did they mean bloodless as in there was no blood? Is uh, it there were wounds? Or, yeah, yeah. Nothing like that. But not that they were drained. Yeah, they weren't blood like a vampire. or anything yeah. like that.
1: No. They they they, they, were, they just didn't have like you know blood flying out of them or yeah that sort of, sort of stuff.
0: So that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And the other part that drove me nuts. Was you are absolutely correct. The the big scorpions would stab the other scorpions right there, Mm-hmm. right. Boom! <clears throat> because yeah, you know, big scorpion. T- well, we could do this with like video, which we could not normally do. And the thing, it'd be up like this, and then boom, right. Mm-hmm. And yet, after witnessing this several times, what conclusion did Doctor Scott come with? The weak spot is a white point. Uh, yeah. Here, under the neck.
1: Yeah, a little bit of. Not the, not the neck.
0: Not, not where it actually did do the killing, but, but right See, two there. separate
1: scripts. Just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> put together, and that was it.
0: Oh, I know. <laughs> I did enjoy I it. It was the
1: 50s, it, and it was the, you know, they had to make monster movies, or else.
0: What I did not enjoy was One Eat Oh.
1: Yeah, he should have been uh, scorpion fodder.
0: Now, my understanding is that you put a small child being a precocious little... We're live shit. Um, there you because, go. <laughs> I can bleep that someday. Um, we, <laughs> you put those in there because for television, usually, they want to have that audience. They want to get the seven-year-old kids watching and, uh, for, for kid interest. But I didn't think that was true in the Saturday morning matinees that's not a that's not a common pattern is it i don't I, I don't remember a lot of little kids running around being precocious well invaders from mars
1: that's like the only one i can think of at the moment that he was like the the star almost though
0: he was the guy that, that nobody believed yeah that's true Yeah, little kid yeah that is true all right i'll accept that i'll accept that as a i just thought it was a, 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 unnecessary I also was very pleased that Dr. Ramos survived to the end. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that he was, frankly, dark enough that he was going (laughs) to be killed, uh, you know, so that the white guy could survive in the end. Um, Yeah. I guess this was actually shot in Mexico. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, a co-production with with Mexico. Uh, So... well, they came off in actually reasonable light. I mean, yeah. Yes. It apparently took many days for the army relief to get to that remote town. hmm. Which didn't make a lot of sense. Um, apparently, they can fly to that town. So, why didn't they fly relief to that town? I don't know. But uh, they, were, they, they were fighting
1: giant salamanders in the south of Mexico. Good point. Um, yeah. Wait, no, giant uh, bees. Um,
0: no, 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 the, the, the Gila monster. He, oh, yeah, that's right, yeah, Gila The monsters. giant Gila monster, that one that's was... That's right, um,
1: giant Gila monsters.
0: When, what year was that? I want to look. What I year was remember. that film? <laughs> I don't
1: remember. <laughs>
0: but, uh, yeah.
1: I, I was very impressed with the, uh, the quality of sets. The production values of this were actually pretty darn high. I mean, you know, other than when the giant scorpion was rampaging through the city... All they did is they just put a uh, a black scorpion over the top of footage of people running on the street, and didn't bother with any sort of traveling mats or anything like that. Just was, superimposed was that an animation? it over the top. No, that was uh, just a superimposition of of live footage of a scorpion.
0: Okay, I was wondering if that was a live I scorpion, think... but I at times I was like, mm, "Well, actually, I... no, no that
1: was that was a stop action scorpion that they just." Superimposed over, over uh, footage with people in it. That's what that mm. was.
0: And we would not, we would be completely remiss if we did not mention y- you. You stepped around it <laughs> earlier. The close-up footage of the drooling <laughs> scorpion face.
1: Well, I don't know what that was. That reminds me of some sci-fi movie that uh, I saw once, but I can't remember the
0: name of. Do scorpions drool? I mean, every Well, giant ones do. Shot. Every shot. Scorpion face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When I see something like that, I think they're trying to imply that that's venom.
1: Could be, but that's not where venom comes out of a scorpion. Out of
0: a scorpion, that's right. (laughs) They're they're
1: kind of known for that tail thing, that renowned tail with the stinger on it. You know?
0: So, the volcano. Again, another thing that kind of didn't make sense about it. It's like this volcano grew to nine. it even says it in the narration, grew to 9,000 feet in a few days but then later on they say, this volcanoes have been here for millennia. Yeah. I think it went through some rewrites that they didn't quite get to, but I think that this was probably inspired by, and I have it written down here somewhere, um, Paricutin, which was a vol. that's not how you pronounce it, that sounds like I'm trying to pronounce it in Sounds like a French food. Yes, it sounded like I was trying to do French. Pari Coutinho. Coutinho. It's not. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I'm having trouble with that one. Party. It must be a. It must not be a Spanish word. It must be a, a native. Word. Mayan. Anyway, uh, 1943. Uh, this is a story I remember very well from when I was a kid, uh, which was not in 1943. Uh, <laughs> the. Um, so you say a book my dad had it was a spanish reader that he was always working on constantly trying to teach himself spanish um he used to tell us a story about um this a cornfield that just one day had a smoking hole in it and over the course of a few weeks it formed into a i think it was a, a, a about a thousand foot tall volcano and so it's a very unique event that occurred in Mexico that scientists and volcanologists were able to watch this um, volcano and I, that was only fifteen years before this hmm. about fifteen years before this. so I could imagine how somebody would have caught that and said that's a that's a good one to go with um, yeah, they They might have read the same reader who knows <laughs> well i'm sure it was probably more famous than that I just i it's funny that that is the I had to look it up because I knew that. I was thinking it was uh, pedal, and, uh, and, yes, I've spent years learning how to pronounce and uh, But it's not. I'm, I'm glad you that's, have. I, I can't. That, that's, that <laughs> one's been around for a long time. But I looked it up and I was like, well, that's not the one I went, I tracked it down and, and it turned out that was the volcano. It's definitely the volcano. Formed right in the guy's cornfield and, uh, and, and just grew right up out of nothing. Unexpected. Oh yeah, and looking his... at
1: pictures of it. Yeah, that's classic oh, yeah, cone. Definitely.
0: Classic cone volcano. Yeah. Yep. Which, you know, I'm fascinated by classic cone volcanoes, but um I wouldn't want to get near one though. Um also, speaking of the age thing, so if they found obsidian, which they were excited about, which is volcanic glass, mm-hmm. um which it sounded like they thought that came from this volcano. <laughs> yes, Stallman's gas did make the uh, scorpions drool. Um, sorry, comment came in off the off the YouTube channel. Um, oh yeah, I the um, and that's why we don't read comments off the internet. What was I saying? I don't remember it now. Um, volcano, Oh, the obsidian, the volcanic glass. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, that kind of implied that was fresh, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. No, we found volcanic kind of glass to... Here, let's take this back It's almost like it's a specimen For the new volcano That they're studying mm-hmm. And yet when they get yeah. back They say that that scorpion's Been in there for hundreds of years
1: Or longer, who knows
0: Yeah, yeah. and then they crack it open And it's alive oh, it, Yeah, the... At most right. it was in yeah. there a, a week Right, <laughs> right? if oh, that was yeah, fresh yeah. obsidian A couple of
1: days, who knows
0: Yeah so it was. It was kind of. Um, uh, it was kind of sad. But uh, uh, oh, and you, you mentioned the production values. I did think that the hacienda for the ranch and the mission for the uh, padre were. I'm guessing they were real, or they were standing sets for something much more opulent. Yeah. Than, yeah. than they, what they're was they're probably supposed to
1: be in a little town. But that stuff was probably shot in California.
0: Could be. I don't know if any of it was shot in California. I hmm. Could it could be? But I will say, colonialism, colonialism works well for him, huh?
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: <laughs> I mean, Miss Alvarez has got herself a huge ranch, which she inherited from her father. Uh, a ton of people, an opulent lifestyle with servants feeding her, and I mean, mm-hmm. it really did look, I guess, something out of another era. Which, of yeah, course, yeah. it is. Pretty much, no yeah. But, um, yeah, Um What else did we have in this? I, I can't. Oh, yeah. Music by Paul Sautel. Does that name ring any bells? Mm, no. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Oh, uh, okay. There was also uh, a double uh, credit in the uh, opening hmm. credits. One was for orchestral music, and one was for electronic music. Oh yeah, it, I caught that. Did and and it was I... it was actually okay. I mean, yeah, it was occasional, a... you know, theremin mm-hmm. kind of sounding. Yeah, theremin stuff. Yeah, I can't do theremin stuff uh, vocally, but uh, it, it had that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it it was it was not um, overdone.
1: No, it wasn't at all like uh, music from nineteen eighties Doctor Who, or nothing like that at all. <laughs> well, or other science fiction shows. That's because shows you couldn't do it all with or...
0: one finger and a keyboard. True. Yeah,
1: yeah. They actually had to patch things in back then and
0: turn stuff. The music <laughs> did remind me of Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, though. A little <laughs> bit. It, it kind of had a. a it kind of had an oceanic feel to me, like a at sea instead of in the desert. And I don't know how to describe that. Hmm. It, it's kind of the same music you get with um, Creature from a Black Lagoon.
1: There's you know, I've a, not actually seen that movie. Or if I did, I saw it when I was so young, I don't remember it. Oh. there's a lagoon in a creature. There was. That's all I know about. And somebody went swimming.
0: Yes. Yes, she did. She did indeed go swimming. Um, Julie Adams. Wow. I could not okay. tell you who's in the black scorpion, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's Julie Adams swimming in the creature from the black. Look at him. Anyway. I, I recognize Richard Denning's voice. What from? Um,
1: Old time radio program uh, with Lucille Ball. Uh, my favorite, or our favorite husband, or something like that. My favorite husband. Uh,
0: early she precursor.
1: Got? Uh, well, I don't know uh early uh precursor to uh the lucio ball show t v program
0: hmm i yep. i can't say i recognize him i tell tell you somebody i did recognize but i did not see his name and so therefore i can't tell you what it was uh the announcer that did all the narrating announcing on the radios and the p a speakers in oh. Mexico Mexico City-o, City-o, city city
1: city Sounded like the guy who did the announcements for uh, when worlds collide.
0: Could be, could be the the epic movie voice, uh, trailer voice of the time. It also might have been the robot from Lost in Space. Um, oh yeah, huh. uh, it 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 was so familiar. It was so familiar. I, <sighs> weird though, wasn't it when they were doing the panicking street scenes and he was narrating. He wasn't narrating but he was he was narrating he was telling us you know that people were panicking and that there were there were police evacuations it was it was way overdone it was mm-hmm. way overdone just to explain to the audience but I guess it got it I guess it got it out of the way as quick as possible um, ah that's Bob
1: Johnson narrator police radio dispatcher radio newscaster public address announcer
0: Johnson, I don't think yeah. that's the voice uh, it's of the like robot.
1: About generic as you can get. <laughs> outer limits.
0: Uh, oh, the outer limits voice. We control perhaps? the vertical. We yeah. control the horizontal. He that did uh, guy. a
1: lot of it. Uh, that I'm not sure. Uh, it doesn't say what uh, if he did that or not. It was just individual episodes.
0: Um uh, He's not the guy that does the intro to the Invaders, is he?
1: That's not listed as IMDb.
0: Mm. Star Trek, the original series.
1: Bob Johnson. Ground Control on Assignment Earth and uh, Starbase 6 Commander of Voice. Only voice credit. That's all he did.
0: That makes sense. He's got a pretty good voice. Oh, yeah. It's a great voice. I wish I had that voice. It's it's a voice for television. Uh, No. It's a voice voice for radio. radio. I have a voice for television. That's that's a different that's a different thing altogether. <clears throat> I'm waiting or for my television films.
1: voice to arrive from Amazon.
0: That is not listed as an essential <laughs> item and may be delayed in shipping. I know. It,
1: I, <laughs> I'm thinking October. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, oh, still be here Oh well, <laughs> it'll still yeah. be here. Um,
0: we have not all. No, uh,
1: Well worlds collide is not on his uh, his credit list. That's somebody
0: else. Hmm. No worries Did you notice This is in the picking picking part When they went to Mexico City
1: mm-hmm. And they
0: took the specimen Of the scorpion In the jar Yes That for some reason The jar was filled with water And had a frog in it uh, Yeah
1: And when they, they I don't think they were in Mexico City yet Maybe they were Yes uh It might have from been the different lab. camera angles. Maybe. From from this angle here, you could see the frog in the water kicking. Mm-hmm. Oh but yeah. But from this angle, it was just sitting there. It's like, okay. So it was dead later in the day. <laughs> yeah, I guess it
0: didn't last very long. Oops, poor frog.
1: Just keep rolling. Nobody will notice.
0: Yeah, I mean they already don't notice that instead of a scorpion and a an, glass jar. It's a We've frog. got a frog in a glass full <laughs> well, of water.
1: Uh, I should have written down what the uh the that specimen was called because the this the doctor found it um, when he was doing some more research or something like that. And it, you know, it was supposed to be an extinct series. Uh, no no he said thing. Dr.
0: Ramos found. I went back oh, and listened okay. to that. He said the specimen oh, okay. Dr. Ramos found and I thought because I thought he was talking about a frog. Like and we found this that's what I thought, frog. too. Dude. Okay, so that was
1: supposed to be a scorpion.
0: It w- That was supposed to be the scorpion. It just... Unless there's, like, another scene that got cut out where he found a frog goes, I've never seen this kind of frog before, and put it in a jar or something, but I, I don't know.
1: Well, maybe it was one of those uh, sleeping frogs.
0: So one of the things that I thought was interesting, and uh, coming back to, to Willis Bryan... O'Brien, sorry. Sorry about that, Mr. O'Brien... In the great stop-motion animation yard in the sky, um, it, it it bears his signature work. I mean, it, it looks like his King Kong work and his his uh, Mighty Joe Young work and mm-hmm. Son of Kong and all that stuff. Um, although I understand it's on quite a bit less of a budget, and but there are places where it just it looks really good. I mean, it doesn't look authentic mm-hmm. like like CGI does today. But on the other hand, I think they, you know, use it a little more sparingly. And when they did use it, they were they were money shots. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the scene when the 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 scene where they come down (laughs) the the rope in the elevator and. um, Oh, when he's being brought up,
1: he's holding on to the cable.
0: Oh, no, I was, first off, when they, went back, when they went down in the first place, mm-hmm. and they get there, and there's like that prehistoric bird or something flies by. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> my, my immediate first thought, and again, I did not look anything up about this film before I watched it. I always like to watch them first and then find out how wrong I was about what I <laughs> thought I saw. But in this case, I may not have been. My first thought was, this reminds me of the infamous missing sequence from the original King Kong, where they went down. Now, I say it's a missing sequence, but when uh, uh, Jackson remade it, he put the scene in. Mm. But it's a scene where they went down into a ravine, and they are attacked by all manner of worms and nasties and spiders, giant ones. And it's it was... I guess they had models made for it and they had it storyboarded and it never got done. But my thought was when that went by is I'm like, this kinda has that Willis O'Brien go into a go into a pit where there's a bunch of nasty bugs. <clears throat> yeah. And then there were. Mm-hmm. You know, the the weird looking worm with the claspy. Oh yeah, I don't know what that
1: thing was, but you know. Uh, yeah. and they
0: called it a trapdoor spy well, no. Online, they call it a trapdoor spider, but the spider that was underneath the trapdoor, yeah, looked more like a tick. Yeah, you know, well,
1: me. you know, it's a very old spider, Yeah, early it's, model it's an spider,
0: still a prototype. Um, all of that stuff, that whole scene, I'm just like, wow, this is just like Willis O'Brien was like, I want that scene, <laughs> and I'm gonna get it in here, and then uh, commenters online have that those were actually the models they matched some of the storyboard stuff done for that scene extremely well so he just Mm -hmm. potentially went back to the well and did that now i've always wanted i always wanted to see that scene i wish they had kept it in the original king kong because the more time they spent on kong island the better that film would have been (laughs) yes um and the more dinosaurs and the more creepy crawlies and and would have been better. But then when they Peter Jackson made it, and I watched the scene, it's like, it sucks. <laughs> but I kind of felt that way about the Peter Jackson King Kong film. So, yeah. um, it, it, it was... Everything was too much, right? We can do this, so... He won't fight one T-Rex, he'll fight five! And they'll be swinging yeah. from vines! It's... And... Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. <clears throat> so... Who knows But it, it did not make It did not make A, a very good uh, Remake uh, And I only ever saw it In the long version too Which was a mistake
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one
0: That's the only version I own And it's a mistake uh. I love the film King Kong I absolutely adore King Kong uh, Slow plotting But atmospheric And
1: The black and white one Not the one from the 70s, 70s.
0: Uh, Correct Correct. Okay. Not that one either, but yes, the oh. the the one, the only of the <laughs> of the many versions of King Kong that have been made, the one and only, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, King Kong. I w-
1: I w- I don't know exactly how they built their uh, stop action models back then, but if it's anything like it is now, they would have had some sort of a method for making a mold of the. Uh, The creature and they they would have a metal armature in there. Mm -hmm. They put the the foam latex around it, let that cure, take it out, and then they would, you know, paint it, put hair on it, and stuff like that. So if he still had the molds, then that would have been totally viable. You know, just make more more. because latex degrades very quickly, and uh, it wouldn't have lasted. You know, 20, 30 years, whatever.
0: That uh, is one of the arguments against. Um, yeah. Th- that somebody had said that, that the models that did exist had been saved, but that they were in a terrible state. Right, right. like, I, I remember seeing the... uh or
1: wherever it was, RKO. The, uh, the model for King Kong, for the original. And, oh, it was, you know... It's like he had mange, it was horrible. But, you know, it was animal hair on... Uh, you know, latex, and that's just not going to last. Right. And it wasn't meant to.
0: Yeah. This, nobody thought they were going to be able to sell that for a million dollars someday.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <it's laughs> or just more. Stuff taking up space.
0: Or more. I don't know. Yeah. I already picked on the boy. We could pick on the boy again, but, but I picked yeah. on the boy. And his boot envy. Oh, that was weird. That was weird. Know, it was just, when you grow up to be a man, out I'm going to get field. you a pair of boots. It's like, uh,
1: okay. So maybe he's like planning on staying there forever. I mean, I guess essentially he did.
0: Uh, you do far worse than Senorita, Senorita Alvarez, I, I will oh, say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, however, I think that two days of fighting giant scorpions is not... Perhaps the basis of a lasting relationship.
1: It depends on how many scorpions you have.
0: I mean, Fair if you keep coming back, then yeah, yeah I, it's, it's going to last. That could be. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I uh, I don't know that on Fusion Patrol we have actually done anything where we could uh, bring this one up. But one of my pet peeves. One of one of the reasons I think not being a sociologist and being just a guy pontificating, I think movies have projected an incredibly unrealistic view of romance and getting married. Well, of course. These two meet, they run around a little bit, and by the end of the film, this is it. We're getting married, off to Mexico City to to tie the knot. And obviously, they're going to be divorced in six weeks. (laughs)
1: Well, I don't know. Right? Maybe things were different back then, where, you know, people just stayed together because that's what they did. And, well, it's a lot harder you know. to get
0: a divorce. You either had to go to Vegas, you had to agree. Well, especially in, the, the in the Mexico. But, well, no, actually, they, in Perry Mason, which is about the same time, they would just hop down to Mexico to get a quick divorce. <laughs> okay. So actually, right. Didn't actually know that. that's probably not, uh, not true. Huh. They'd either hit Vegas or they'd hit Mexico, um, just over the border from San Diego. And and do that. So, uh, but I I genuinely wonder if all the people who grew up watching movies like this just just have you know whether they realize it or not this this sort of dumb well, of notion in their head that that's how it happens.
1: Well, of course, and that continues
0: on till today.
1: You know, it's oh you sure know, they you still make the story of you know the hero meets beautiful woman, a uh, bunch of action, and they run off. Well, you know, that's 30 minutes of TV program, or hour and a half, or whatever. And there you go, you're done. You, know, yeah, you don't have I, to worry I, about all the other stuff.
0: I can't remember what film it was. I think it had, I want to say it had Harrison Ford in it, and David Schwimmer, who was not in mm. it much, but uh, it was Jacob. like uh girl and david schwimmer are getting married they've known each other for years they're getting ready to get married and then she has to go on a plane flight with cranky old captain harrison ford the plane wrecks they spend three days on an island and by the end of it she dumps him and runs off with harrison ford which you know probably would be considered in hollywood standing uh, a, a step up but at the same time dumping the guy you've known for your life and (laughs) <laughs> uh, in favor of a guy you just met and survived a traumatic experience with is just exactly the kind of thing that you don't want to do anyway. It, I, yeah, I'm, they've no. ruined the world with films like this. We we, we don't. Yeah, want anything. yeah.
1: And based on my experience dating, that yeah, you, two days that's just not long enough. <laughs> you go at least four. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> We know David Schwimmer's problem on Friends was how many ex-wives he had. Um, (laughs) Like, I think it was three. Was it maybe four? I forget. By the end of that, I I I
1: must admit that I didn't really watch that much of uh, Friends. Or if I did, it was just in passing, and I didn't really pay any attention to it. So I think I got I I got lucky on that one.
0: (laughs) We have a comment here from the Peanut Gallery. Peanut gallery. The crane driver is no. my hero.
1: Oh I, yeah. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I uh that was he did a, great, a fine job. He did a fine job. Um I do not believe that Dr. Ramos was able to hang on to that steel cable and be pulled up. No. That that, that was, that was a really feat hard. of superhuman uh especially no when gloves, he was falling asleep steel at cable. the end. No foot grip, no nothing. I, his hands would have been
1: bloody to the bone. There would be steel shards in his hands. He would, just, he would be like, you know, be wearing mittens for months after plus, that.
0: Plus, plus, and this is the part um, that I was really expecting. Like I said, there were several spots where I thought Dr. Ramos was going to die. <laughs> when, he, when he went off to get to the well at the very beginning of the film, when they were mm. trying to get the Jeep, I thought, or, or looking for the cop, I thought, dead man.
1: Oh yeah, that's oh he's split up. Oh yeah, that's that's gonna happen. He's out of here. When
0: when he went to go get the saddle, I thought dead man, dead man. He's a dead man. And when they were bringing him up, it wasn't that I thought he was. Well, at first I thought there's no way he could do that. He's gonna fall. And Mm. then I realized, wait a minute, they have to pull that crane rope up right past that little cave that has the one scorpion in it. He's dead meat when that goes. He's gonna they're gonna go up and I'm Pah! and then that'll be mm-hmm. the end. and he makes it to the he makes it to the end of the film.
1: Maybe that was the agreement to uh, allow them to shoot in in Mexico. in Mexico.
0: That's right. It could be. They only <laughs> they only allowed one stupid death. I had to stop the film. I was laughing so hard. Was that one of the telephone guys? No, it was the harpoon guy.
1: Oh, the, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Literally, somebody was asleep at the switch.
0: Yeah, That's horrible. He's dragging it back. I mean, I didn't see it coming. I totally didn't see it coming because obviously they turned the power off. And then he gets to the harpoon and he's like. (laughs) Yeah. And then somebody goes, hey, turn the power off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> I. It's like, I just, oh, okay.
1: The cable's insulated, I guess. Oh, I
0: was, I was cracking up. I just, I had to stop it. I had to watch it back. Um, <clears throat> the telephone guys. Now, this is the interesting thing about the telephone guys. Did that remind you of anything? Any other film you can think of?
1: Um, uh, much, much, much later on, uh, uh, Tremors, but Tremors on pole. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? Cool. That's... Well, I I can't... But I was looking at that and I'm going, Tremors just ripped that right off. Hmm. I think. It would... Well... Remember, Tremors was was riffing on all those old 50s B films. So, I mean, that was a... The town that's isolated, the phone pole that's not working, the crew's up there and and they're not going to get the phones fixed because they're going to die. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it was... I, I'm watching that. and I'm going. Well, I, I, I know where they came up with that idea. They just took it right out of this film.
1: Oh yeah, it's entirely possible. I'll have to watch that part again. <clears throat> I've been. meaning to they watch they recognized the again. guy that was up on the pole, and they figured he was drunk.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, i have to. There was a repair crew too, though. Remember the huh. the the repair crew's truck was sucked down into the ground. Was half buried. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, I haven't seen Tremor since it came out in the theaters, folks. So, however long uh, ago that was, and that was a long 90s. time. Yeah. Yeah. Not 1957, because I was not around for 1957 films, but anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else? I'm, I'm going to. Oh, love the um, photography. Oh, yeah. It was great. I mean, I'm talking about well Dr. Scott. Forward. And his camera. Oh!
1: <laughs> Down yeah. there
0: in the thing. It's like, hold on. Let me get a few more pictures. It's like, uh, no. Let's get the hell out of here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, using those flash bulbs. You think they're going to notice that maybe? Hmm. Yeah.
0: That was, <clears throat> that was weird. And, like,
1: and, and pretty impressive that he was carrying. At least a two and a quarter, maybe even a four by five Graflex, a camera that weighs fifteen pounds at least, and is like this wide, this high, and this deep, with a big flash handle. Oh yeah, and the reflector and stuff, and the bulbs you got to shoot out. And oh yeah, he even did I that. I mean, he had a speed back on it, so he didn't have to keep changing plates. But yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you get a, a negative like this, so you could really get some detail.
0: Get some detail on those scorpions, which, you know, would be great if they were tiny scorpions, but since they're big, you didn't really need film that size. Like a little 110 uh, probably well, would have done it. I don't know. Um, oh,
1: you know, back then.
0: You know, film. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see. I appreciated the use of the word meat wagon. Oh, yeah. That was good. Is that, ever, is that actually a thing? a thing, as opposed to the meat wagon for the coroner? I don't know. I
1: don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't grow up around a place where they would have butchers that operated quite like that or any large amounts of livestock.
0: Delivering your steer to the door. <laughs>
1: well, it was just some guy in a pickup truck who brought yeah. the cow that you had a in partial meat? interest in.
0: Yeah. No uh,
1: meat wagon. Uh, well, it's descriptive. It is exactly what it was.
0: They're follow. It's following the meat wagon. Mm-hmm. If it was following the wheat wagon, why didn't it come through the doorway where the meat came instead of going over the the other side of the?
1: Well, yeah, that's probably the the truck had to drive around to it. and The scorpion just hopped over Pops it. Over know. that could, be. That
0: could yeah. be. Yeah.
1: Scorpions are masters at navigation.
0: Yeah. They they probably have some sort of. Um, Inertial power Inertial, power. Uh,
1: inertial uh, guidance system Magnetic, yeah. Magnetic mm-hmm. guidance That's that tail It's, a, it's a partially, partially a compass
0: Yeah <laughs> The the little bit at the, the Stinger's got a little bit Timmy, metal. where's north? Oh, let
1: me look at the scorpion Oh, the tail's pointing this way uh, Yeah, it must be north Yes, we got it yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I, I'm not expecting this to be a heavy uh, Deep Program, this is just for some fun So uh, I mm-hmm. don't have anything else
1: uh, You know, if Anybody's looking to see a, a, a Classic uh, big monster Movie from the 50s uh, That has some stop action And uh, well, B. you know, giant scorpions
0: Yeah, um, I would suggest Watching this movie. I love all The giant insect films The giant mm-hmm. mantis, the giant ants The giant, yeah,
1: them, well Giant them grasshoppers,
0: there right? was Oh yeah, ants No, there was, yeah, gi- no, there was the mantis. That was a film okay, The mantis, yeah. there was the the locusts Or the grasshoppers oh, That
1: was. But there were the photographs of the buildings That were crawling up, that was just
0: oh, yeah, horrible were. Those were bad. Were it's
1: like Somebody was hung over and didn't want to actually do work that day It's like, oh, just put them on this postcard Take a picture <laughs> I gotta go home
0: Peter Graves Wow, <laughs> Yeah. I remember those things <laughs>
1: You a raise. paycheck is a paycheck. paycheck.
0: That's right. You got to get that job somewhere. You can't all have a brother who's uh, Sheriff uh, Matt Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to work if you want to eat. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'm um, just going to address what we got going on here. Um, yes, actually, uh, Tony, he, uh, he did change the bolts. When they were down there in the in the camera, yes,
1: uh, at least once he at did least pop once went I out. I yeah, pop that. That was impressive, and, and uh, I, I noticed that. And it's like good, good. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, electric flashes weren't uh, weren't too far off, but uh, yeah, not for something like that.
0: Well, no, wait. What do you mean electric flash? Isn't that electric?
1: No, I'm talking about a uh, uh, actual arc strobe.
0: Oh, okay, you know, one that doesn't. Reusable burn out.
1: Photo flash. Yeah. Okay, yeah, not a bulb, right. right?
0: Not a chemical one. Even even my oldest brownie had ones that burnt out. Mm-hmm. When when I was a kid, it would throw them out, and put another one in. Which oh, they were still in use. Flashes, use yeah.
1: yeah, they were still in use up to the you know late seventies.
0: All right, well, uh, I think we'll leave this one be for now. John, thank you for joining me.
1: You're very welcome. This has been very enjoyable. We should do it again sometime. And uh, listeners,
0: I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. There are over 500 previous episodes available at FusionPatrol.com. Come join the conversation on Twitter Twitter our website, or Facebook. Find out how you can become a supporter at patreon.com slash fusion Supporters get early access to all regular episodes, bonus episodes, and more. There's even an optional podcast series where we're looking at the classic TV series, Babylon 5. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.